Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 249th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by 8 and those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio-Technica. I'm your extremely humbled and slightly hungover host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, the potato scallop to my potato cake. You can find her on them socials, at Miss Ally Hart. It's Ellie Hart. How the bloody hell are you? Oh, I'm good. A potato scallop would be amazing right now. I, I'm I'm not hungover. I'm just drained from adventuring out on uh, in Las Vegas. So uh, the drinks were had, but I just don't think I'm as rough as you right now. Yeah, I am. Um... I was very envious of your social posts in Sin City the last couple of days. Uh, looked very picturesque. The drinks looked phenomenal. Uh, really, really nice looking cocktail assortment you guys were uh, blazing your way through. But uh, yeah, I realized uh, yesterday the body don't bounce back like it used to. Nope. Um, we we had, a, had a work lunch slash couple of beers thing on Thursday that kicked on from like it was a late lunch it was at two o'clock and it kicked on and I didn't get home until three in the morning the next day so it was like 12 hours of solid drinking on a school night and boy howdy was I paying for it yesterday it was rough yesterday I was a mess it's so true though like you just as, as time goes on your body just can't handle the beverages as much as it used to but um, I, I kind of had to, you know, realize, though, that my cocktail choices, I think I'm a, like a 50 year old woman. Like, <laughs> I go I on, go a, on. Tell us more. I had, like I ordered a gin straight martini with a slice of lemon. And mm-hmm. then after that, I had an amaretto sour. And I, th- I think the guy behind the bar was like a bit perplexed. Like he wasn't like, a, you know, and I'm like, wow, are my drinks like really old drinks? Like, am I? Am I uh, ordering some oldies? Am I living the the old life? I, I think it's it's maybe not old might be too harsh a term. Maybe it's like they're, they're more dignified. They're a fancier classic cocktail, you know? It's not like these new ones where it's volcanic fire jumping off the top of it and sparkles and all that. They're very they're very simple, but they're classic and, and very famous cocktails. And that's why I had to order them because like these, you know, bars and cocktail places that you go to, they have their you know, their own little menu of creativity. And I just like, I would read the ingredients. And the second I got to one that I didn't even know what it was, I'd have to skip it. And by the time, like I read like the first like two ingredients, I'm like, I have no idea what this fucking is next. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds fancy. (laughs) Sounds super fancy, but I'm not going to risk it. Like, and these are like $20 drinks, you know, like big gamble yeah, you, you got to choose wisely you, nothing worse than dropping good cash on a on a cocktail and it tasting like ass yeah so you got to persist with it yeah and like you would i'd watch throughout the night and be like let's see what cocktail that person ordered and then it would be like green mush and i'm like ah oh, that must be the one that had pine in it or whatever mm. and i'm like now nah, stick to some OGs. 
Yeah, I'm, when when in doubt, I'll, I'll go to like a whiskey sour. That's sort of my go-to mm. as far as a, a safe, steady choice that I know I'm going to enjoy. Because yeah, you, you get you get caught up in the you know the mermaid fin and the <laughs> the aromatics of the the African bloody jungles and whatever maple else you know. You get smoke, maple yeah. smoke. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets it gets out there. But yeah. um, go, going going full circle, I uh. I'm happy that you're a potato scallop gal because I had this discussion at this at this blow off on Thursday because uh, apparently Melburnians or Victorians they call them potato cakes and and obviously because we're both from New South Wales originally mm-hmm. uh, we're potato scallop kids aren't we? That's correct. It's a potato scallop. Why would it be a cake unless there's is like fatter? Maybe like, like I, a, I guess like they a piece do. Of cake? Yeah, but oh, yeah, there like was a, a fierce debate. Cake. Oh, you know what? I can see that. I can get that. Because a fish cake is also roughly the same size. That's true. That's true. And we call them fish cakes. Yeah, we don't call them fish scallops because that would make no sense. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You're dropping truths here. I didn't even think of the fish cakes when we were having this debate on Thursday. I was getting very wound up about scallops and cakes. (laughs) It's a very, very delicate thing. Uh, Between that and the battered salve. Oh, my God. Give me, give me all the battered salves or dagwood dogs. You would need one right now. It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got mini ones in the freezer actually, and oh. the air fryer cooks them like a champion. So mm. maybe I'll have some battered salves today. Sounds Just good. living my best, uh, my best uh, bachelor hungover boy life. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'll be doing today: Sounds watching like anime and eating battered salves. Sounds like a good plan to me. me. Thirty-four going on fourteen. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Let's talk about some of the things that we've been doing this past week, and I guess we could jump into into a game we've both been uh, carving our way through. A mm-hmm. uh, little ditty known as Trigger Witch, which is done by the legends in New Zealand, and I guess you could say Australia, because Australia's John O'Peck helped write this puppy. Uh, so, uh, Rainbite, Trigger Witch, we've been playing on the Xbox Series X so far. Mm. How you been finding it? Like, like full disclosure, I'm not a big uh, twin stick shooter type of guy. So this was a bit of a bit of a new or a bit of a revisiting of of the past for me, but I've been really really vibing with this game. Uh, it's it's something completely new to me. I definitely don't play this style of game and it really took me quite some time to get used to yeah, like essentially maneuvering and having to like aim in a certain way. Like obviously first person shooter, I use mouse and keyboard most of the time so going back to the controller and then i should be familiar with how to use both like joysticks but i'm not i'm not doing well um and also shame on me for um choosing hard oh you went hard i thought like i'm i thought this is a new experience for me so instead of just going normal and thinking like oh yeah this is a piece of cake i went hard so i really (laughs) throw myself in the deep end learn how to swim yeah, I'm I'm shaking my head saying, you you silly person. I went normal and that's that's a good enough challenge. There's times in this game where you've got so many little little various beasties coming at you that it gets very overwhelming. So I can only imagine how that would be on hard mode, because holy crap. Um it must be intense. I like I think I'm thinking it's a pretty good learning lesson for me right now, mm. I think. I I gotta say that I probably spent way too much time in the um or oh, how much Mm, I don't know how much I can give away right now because we are we are playing this a little earlier than everyone else. 
Yeah, so so I like Jared and his team have been kind enough not to make us sign any NDAs. I guess it's more of a trust thing. Um, <laughs> but like, I I guess we can like. I'm assuming you're alluding to the the trial at the mm. start because that's that was part of the, that's part of the demo that you play that's oh, available good. on the okay. Xbox store. So, so so it's not too spoiler. If you played the demo, that's what I assume you're alluding to was the the trial to become a member of the clip. Yeah, and I'm just like I I'm just trying to like beat times because I'm addicted to that for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, competitive you are. But um, yeah, it's it's really good. Like we'll we'll dive deeper on this. In the next couple of weeks, yeah. the, the game drops on on majority of platforms on the 28th of July. So you don't have to wait too long to get yourself a copy, just over two weeks now. But we'll do a bit more of a, a non-spoilery deep dive on the game over the coming weeks, talking about the characters and, and some of the some of the world and whatnot. But in, in short, like it's it's a little indie darling that I've I've been pleasantly surprised with uh, from a, from an aesthetics point of view. The, the graphics are great. That the soundtrack's really cool. Um, mm. it, it jumps between a lot of sort of 80s, 80s sort of chip tuney synth and, and gets a little yep. bit of like 80s metal in there and rock and it's it's got a good it's a good time it's got a good tone yeah. but it's funny because you can see Jono through it, uh, you know through his writing, yeah. <laughs> like just some of the things the character says. I'm like, oh Jono, I've heard you say that to me in real life before and it just makes me giggle. But yeah. it's it's cute to see. It's, it's great. It is very sweet and it's nice having that little bit of a eight bit attachment to it as well. So I'm 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 honestly pretty impressed because, like we said, it's it's not a game that we've usually played, and um, I honestly thought I was going to be a little bit intimidated by it and maybe um make a, a little bit turned off on trying to really complete it. But um, it's it's really gotten me, and I'm no pun intended, but I'm pretty gun ho in getting at this game. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and once you unlock a few certain guns and you get a bit more confident with with how you want to play, mm. you get like at least I've found myself like I'm at the end of the game now, and and I feel like I'm on the front foot all the time. Like at that moments early in the game, you're sort of sort of jumping in, getting involved in some combat, then dashing out trying to catch your breath for a second, jumping back in. Where now I'm just like pushing the pace, pushing the pace, and it feels <laughs> so good as as Colette. And um, yeah, it's it's just a. It's just good fun and it, it's fun because it's so different to what I guess we're both respectively used yeah. to playing. Like it's it's been a big step away from the usual stuff we've been churning out the last couple of months and uh, can't wait for the greater world to get a copy of this in their hands and uh, run around and, and see what Trigger Witch is all about. Yeah, exciting times. Mm. Uh, another game that I cracked into last weekend, I uh, set sail with Benny and Nasi in the new uh, Sea of Thieves, a pirate life expansion. And uh, boy, howdy, it is pretty freaking great. Oh, no. It's so good, Miss Hart. And who would have thought that uh, the weirdo known as Johnny Depp, uh, obviously he, they, don't, they don't lend his voice to this character. It's done by some other other sort of, I guess, Johnny Depp impersonator. But Donny the, the likeness of J Captain Jack Sparrow is there and, and some of his crewmates and uh, things like that. But it is really cool. It is yeah. some, like I haven't played Sea of Thieves in God knows how long, maybe maybe 12 months, maybe more. Mm. And jumping back in, it feels great. It looks absolutely stunning on the Xbox Series S popping out that 4K. And I know I know you're very anti-water, but like the water is stunning and <laughs> oh, sailing around this ocean with your crewmates and just going on these little quests. And then just the back and forth and just the the interactions you have with Captain Jack Sparrow as you're going. Like we haven't finished the 
the pirate life expansion at the moment. We're maybe maybe like a quarter or a third of the way through, okay. but it's really freaking cool so far. And some of the changes they've done in the main gameplay loop to to make this thing feel fresh is awesome. And there's pets. Like pets have been in there for a while, but this was my first experience with being able to have a pet. So you can have a dog, a cat, worse. a monkey, or a bird. That's even worse. Like, does it go on the ship with you? Yeah, like it follows you everywhere. What so happens you can pick when, it up and... fish, when the ship sinks? Um, well, they, they can they can swim, so they'll just sort of no. Bob what up happens to the top. when the shark comes? They they don't get attacked. Like your pets don't get attacked at all. So so they can't be hurt. So I know because I know it's you're big on that. With two things that I hate in video games. So so Ugh. the pets are. It's a purely cosmetic thing, okay. but like it's pretty great because you can pick them up and like like I've got a monkey named uh, Roberto that I bring take around with me at the moment. <laughs> and you can sit on your arm or he can just follow you around. Mm-hmm. And so we had like my monkey Roberto, we had Benny's cat Loki, and uh, I can't and Steve I think was Nasi's dog, and they're all just cruising around with us. And you can sit them on the like they'll follow you on the ship or they'll go to sleep in that in, in the ship and follow you around the islands it's it's really really great and it's just a cute little layer and then you can kit them out in little outfits and stuff like that like you, you get into it but yeah see thieves it's uh it's so good and i can't on... wait to try and finish this expansion over the weekend is it on game pass yep yep join us maybe 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 yeah, Maybe. see how you're feeling because I, I think you'll enjoy it. Like it is such a fun game to play, especially with people. Like I, I don't ever think I want a solo sail, but no, solo sailing just, is horrible. That was the last yeah. time I played. Yeah, that that doesn't sound like a good time to me. But but getting on a getting on a ship with a crew and just having a laugh and and doing doing your adventures and playing a couple of tunes and then your little pets are there and whatever. It's it's really well done and rare. They continue to knock it out of the park with this game and. Yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised by how good this expansion is so far. Mm, okay. Maybe I'll have to just come along and just bring my floaties. Yeah, or you can, like, when we're out in sea, you can just sort of go into the crew quarters and just chill out in there and we'll steer the ship until we land somewhere. Then you oh, can good, come out but and then, then you guys get land. attacked and I'm just stuck in the bottom <laughs> <laughs> the ship sinks. <laughs> Don't bother with but the coffee. Really good. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Uh, Miss Hart, I see you've been watching something oh, that I'm my... intrigued as hell to know more about. Tell me tell me about this thing you've been watching this week. So, you know, after Vegas shenanigans, we go back to our hotel room and we're like, let's see what's on normal TV because we don't really watch normal TV. We usually stream everything. And we stumble upon a show called The Celebrity Dating Game. And the, the episode we're watching, it's got Carson Kressley in it. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. From, from uh, MTV? Uh, no, Carson Kressley from Queer Eye. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's I was thinking right. of other Carson. Carson Daly. Name? Carson Daly. That's I only, know, I only yeah. know his name because of that Eminem song. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so it, it's like the token like dating game that you would see all the time, like where there's the the suitor i guess or the the person that's choosing a, a partner so they're on mm-hmm. one side of the wall and then there's three potential partners on the other side and then they don't see each other they ask a few random questions and then they decide except for with this there's always this question in like like do you know who i am like and they all have a guess i get they get two chances to guess who the celebrity is um but i mean so here's the weirdness on top of that is it's hosted by Zoe Deschanel 
Okay. Yep. Okay. That you. All right. I thought that was really weird. Um, but she's annoying. Um, and then to add to the craziness, on the side, her little like co-host, and they have like a little segment where that they sing a song about the guest. Uh, oh, we have okay. Michael Bolton. What? Michael Bolton? Yes. And he <laughs> looks like he's holding on to life. And he does. He also looks like he's not sure where he is. He's and just, uh, they've just wheeled him out and yeah. said, face this camera and sing these lines, yeah, Mr. There's, Bolton. There's been jokes and they'll pan to him and he'll be like looking glazed off to the side and then just kind of like do this like weird smile kind of thing. It's like he looks like he's ho- held hostage. It actually wow. looks like he's held hostage. Wow. See, I was so. going to ask if, if when you mentioned Zoe, I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be a musical number. And lo and behold, she it sounds like it's every episode. She doesn't sing, luckily enough. She does a stupid dance at the end. But um, I'm, full disclosure, I've never been a big fan of Zoe Deschanel. Um, there's just something about her that irks me. Um, her sister's fine, though. I like Bones. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Very true. Very um, true. See, it's it's tough because I had my first Zoe experience with um, 500 Days of Summer. Oh, Where right. she breaks poor old Joseph Gordon-Levitt's heart. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm a big fan of New Girl, but yet at the same time, Zoe is probably my least favorite character in the show that's about her. So, <laughs> go figure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the episode I watched, it was Carson, and then it was also Iggy Azalea. I thought she was married, but apparently I'm wrong. Nah, her and uh, she she was with Nick Young, the NBA player. Okay. There was a big, uh, big cheating scandal, and they've uh, since gone their separate ways. Uh, yes, I'm I'm up to date on the Iggy Azalea goss. Oh well, there we go. That that actually explains everything for me. Um, awkwardly enough, she let everyone know that she was Australian. Like, uh, kind of, she, she threw that to them. And then when she asked, "Can you tell who I am?" they all guessed British people. <laughs> it's funny because I know, like, and you'd know too. You know how that feels being in America. And they, they, I don't know why they go to, to like, are you from, are you from London? Are you, you English? It's usually New Zealand or England, but for the most part, people don't even ask if, you know, I have an accent, so I'm pretty lucky. Uh, Mm. But this show, it's a mess. It's horrible. And I need to watch more of it. So if you guys in Australia have the opportunity to somehow watch this horrible get the celebrity dating game do it just just watch this mess because it's chaotic and it's pretty interesting that like i want to know if they actually go out on these dates but when they finally select their partner it's still awkward it's awkward as hell you're like you're not going on a date Mm. this isn't real but i want to know i want to find out how i can watch this because i need to see this cringe Mm. i need to see just how bad it is it's really bad but bad 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 celebrity dating game yep I just want to see it from Michael Bolton alone and see, like, he's he's at the age and the, probably the the health level of, like, Rod Stewart. And he he's another one of those sort of fossils that they just wheel out and say, all right, play your songs, Rod, and then they wheel him back out and put him into cryo again or whatever. Michael Bolton's 68 years old. So, I like, like, the last thing we kind of really saw him do was, like, the Lonely Island stuff, right? Yeah. Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Look at that full circle. There we go. Mm. Connecting them breadcrumbs right there. Wow. Michael Bolton, 68, and back on TV being some musical relief. Yeah, being held hostage. You decide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while you're deciding about if Michael Bolton's been held hostage, I also um, 
binge the the resident evil infinite darkness animated series dropped on netflix yesterday i've got that on watch yep yep um i watched it all it felt like it went very quickly like you know that's is that a good or a bad thing i don't know um it was fine it sucked because i'm a resident evil boy love me resident evil and like the animation quality you can't deny it. it it's really really well done like they've put a lot of money into the into the artistic style and the character models and the voice acting like it's all great but just in typical i guess resident evil fashion the story is a little bit bit messy and um the tone occasionally you know it fits with resident evil as a whole where they'll drop one of these like random zingers in the midst of like a big battle mm-hmm. and it's like aha i see what you did there leon but then at the same time like when you're watching it it doesn't really sort of resonate with what's playing out on the screen so it's true true to resident <laughs> evil lore and form but yeah. uh you can see that they've set this up for future seasons like they smashed out i think there's eight episodes thereabouts i could be off on that but like it felt like i finished this thing within a couple of hours like they're 20 to 30 minute episodes um some good combat in there uh good sort of connecting of threads from the resident evil universe as a whole and and referencing characters and moments and things so there's there's some good easter eggs for fans of resident evil but people that haven't played the games will still be able to watch this and understand what's going on like the the plot isn't too deep and they don't go into too many like uh too many um, in in-house jokes and factoids, you know. Yeah. So it's it's fun. It's fine. Uh, I I just wanted more, or yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more, which yeah. sucks. But I still enjoyed it. I'd recommend watching it if you got some time and and you want some good animated uh, fun in your life. Yeah, I think we will still watch it regardless, especially if it's like you said, like only a couple of episodes, like eight episodes and thirty minutes long, like that. Uh, we'll breeze through that so it's a shame like these opportunities to create um you know series or animated series or whatever based on popular gaming franchises you know we've had success with the witcher and um you'd want everything to kind of be able to achieve the same level of success so then we Mm -hmm. could get more so that's that's a shame but i'll still watch it yeah, it's still good, and I think they're gonna they're gonna churn out future seasons of this. So I like that this was a fresh story, and like it's not just a retread of, of one of the game game storylines. It doesn't go through those types of beats. It's it's a whole it's a new story. It's fresh to the the Resident Evil universe. So so it's sort of uh, a bit of a new journey. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Claire and Claire and Leon, the the OG protagonist from Resident Evil Two in the game there. So uh, mm. yeah, it's cool. I enjoyed it, but just wanted a little bit more. Just want a little bit more, Miss Hart. That's fine. It's okay to want mm. a little bit more. That's it. That's it. And listeners, if you want a little bit more, you can obviously head over to ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8 bit and subscribe to us at uh, many tiered based subscription Ooh. offerings, should you choose, starting from the low, low price of one Australian dollar per month. You can get exclusive access to podcasts, early access to podcast episodes, automatic entries into competitions and giveaways, as well as swag sent directly to your mailing address periodically every few months uh, and that ranges from stickers and pins to merch so on and so forth so if you want a little bit of extra 8-bit in your life ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit to subscribe to us there if you don't want to subscribe to us monetarily that is more than fine uh, you know you, you do you but uh, if you can still give us a little, little bit of love be sure to rate you subscribe us and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular 
on Apple Podcasts, preferably just because it helps keep these emotional lights on in our hearts, keeps us tracking, keeps us trending, keeps us relevant. And uh, yeah, it takes no time, costs no money, but means an awful lot. But going full circle to if you did want to throw some money away, shop8bit.net is the best video game and pop culture related merch store in the internet. So shop8bit.net and you can get yourself some exclusive 8-bit tees, hoodies, hats, beanies, jumpers, tracksuit pants, you name it, it is there. We've got a new funky, uh, I don't know how you describe them, it's hard, not, not quite tight. You said f- oh. geometric, the bear? The bear's geometric. That's the one that yep. I'm really excited for when you finally like showed us as a group and I'm like, that looks badass. But uh, the other one you're talking about, the tie-dye. Yeah, the tie-dye. And I think you called it, do you call it fairy floss? I said it I was, think? yeah, it's, it's like fairy floss. It's very, um, yeah. Very, uh, yeah, something a little bit different. So it's gonna, it's like a crew neck or a pullover in like a fairy floss color pattern. Then it's a simple like 8-bit logo on, on the very chest. Very lo-fi. Very lo-fi, very lo-fi. So that'll be dropping on the store by the time this episode is out, as well as, yeah, the geometric bear, which is very unlike the merch designs we've done in the past. It's so a little cool different, <laughs> but it's super funky, super funky. And shout out to Exu our uh, fantastic artist for popping that one together. Uh, very talented individual. Check him out on them socials. Show him some love because he's doing phenomenal work and uh, other people that do phenomenal work, obviously Audio Technica, if you want to get yourself the best in audio-based equipment, we're talking headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables, you want in-ear, you want over-ear, you want Bluetooth, you want noise cancelling, it is all there over at audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. Uh, yeah, upgrade your audio solution today and Miss Hart... Let's get into some news. What do you reckon? Let's do it. This week's news headlines. All right. A couple of quick little rapid fires to start things off. And uh, connecting the dots to the previous Resident Evil discussion, Capcom has now sold 4.5 million copies of Resident Evil Village. That's a steady uptick from the last couple of sales milestones announced by the publisher. 3 million at launch in May, then up to 4 million after 20 days. Village's predecessor, Resident Evil 7, has shifted 9 million copies total since its launch in 2017, though only sold 3.5 million after nine weeks. So Village is selling faster and looks also to be on track to potentially overtake 7 as the biggest selling entry in the series. And furthermore to that, this now gets uh, the Resident Evil franchise over 100 million total copies sold across the entire Resident Evil world uh since since those releases in the 90s so uh capcom just uh on a bit of a gold mine there with resident evil miss hart yeah and i'm actually really glad to see that um village is succeeding because i know it was actually um it received a little bit of like uh, hesitant like the fan base was pretty happy with the whole zombie kind of uh theme that goes along with it and then when we had um it was eight the no seven. seven 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 when we went first person yeah in the in the bayou yeah like a lot of people were a bit iffy about how that one went and how uh the angle from like zombies kind of like moved away and then when we got to be the village people were like well what is this now we're fighting vampires and werewolves what well, this isn't resident evil so um it seems like regardless it, uh, the fan base or for the majority of, of new and um old have really enjoyed where the resident evil resident evil franchise has gone um it, it looks gorgeous it's a gorgeous looking game mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm a big fan like and i i don't like i got no issues with that shift in tone like 
the, the zombie fatigue is, is very real. We, we've thrown that term around for a while, whether it be in games or TV and film. Like there's mm. so much zombies on the screen and, and it's an eternal uh, enemy that's going to be shown on these screens forever. So it's nice to see him go into the supernatural and, and go into these sort of other creatures and beasties. So it's good to see that that's translating into sales because I, I'm happy if they stick with Resident Evil in this first person view forever moving forward. I don't care if they never go back to the old over the shoulder third person style because uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It gets you close to the action, makes it a little bit scarier in my opinion. And um, yeah, people people are buying this game up. So it's on track to be the, uh, the highest selling Resident Evil game in history. Um, a game, or I guess a a person that has uh, dabbled in some games but hasn't been in anything uh, as far as their own game since uh, nearly 20 years ago. We're talking about none other than iconic 80s action movie anti-hero Robocop. Uh, he had a new game announced this week, Miss Hart, called Robocop Rogue City. Uh, I don't know if you saw the trailer for this. Um, I didn't. The trailer didn't show anything. It was a slow build up to just a graphic with Robocop Rogue City. Oh, okay. I did see that then. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I'm waiting to see. Oh, they did one cut. Like there was one scene where you saw the old hip gun come out of the robotic leg as as is tradition Uh from the movies. But you don't see any gameplay. You don't see any actual shots of Robocop himself. They haven't confirmed if Peter Weller is going to be doing the voice and the likeness. But yeah, we're getting a RoboCop game. Uh, yeah, the last one was on PC and consoles 18 years ago. Obviously, you saw RoboCop in Mortal Kombat as yeah. a guest character, but this is his first solo experience in nearly two decades. And I love RoboCop, but I don't know how to feel about this. I feel this game could be pretty rough. It's made by the same studio that did uh, the like the, the most recent Terminator Resistance game, which was kind of pretty rough. So. Uh, oh. We'll see. But they're, I guess they're 80s sci-fi action stalwarts. Yeah, we, we're seeing um, a lot of uh, 80s action heroes kind of coming to games as DLC or as viable um, options, whether it's in COD. Um, we also had, like, Predator. We're getting alien games. We're, we're, um, we're definitely seeing them. And like you said, included in Mortal Kombat as characters as well. But... Are people actually looking for games exclusively based on these 80s heroes? Like, from my heart of hearts, like, I I love this period of cinema and, like, I'm a big 80s sci-fi action nerd. Like, Mm. I love these characters in these films, but I'm not hankering for a Robocop game because... I don't know how it's going to translate. I don't know if it's going to be any good. That's I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of these games not going to dismiss the studios and their talent, but like because they usually get handled by a double A studio, maybe the budget isn't there or they don't have the staffing numbers to probably give it the polish that the big triple A's could do if they got hold of some of these IPs. Yeah. So I just worry that the experience is going to be a little less than what I'd want it to be. And um that's where it sort of falls down for me a little bit. Yeah, I like uh, full disclosure. I never really watched the RoboCop movies. That was one that just never made it into my viewing. Um, if I, talking about, well, technically not eighties, but I always thought that that Dread movie could be made into a pretty cool game where you go up the levels of a building. But mm-hmm. mm. I love that Dread movie. Love that Dread movie. Yeah, that was surprisingly good. Very underrated. I don't feel like everyone mm-hmm. watched that one. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll stand by that that film very strongly. I thought it was really well done. And Carl Urban as, as Judge Dredd was fantastic. Mm, it was really, really good. I'm still hoping we get a, a TV series. They've talked about it on and off and Carl Urban yeah. said he's open to it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's uh, too busy being Billy the Butcher in uh, in The Boys these days. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into some bit more deeper dive here. And the first article that uh, I'm pulling, I've just called this... OLED. OLED. And uh, this is in relation to the uh, recently revealed new Nintendo Switch coming our way. So uh, Nintendo has at last unveiled its upgraded Switch model, which is due to launch on October 8th alongside Metroid Dread. (laughs) Connecting the dots there. Dread all over. Beautiful. It has a 7-inch OLED screen, 64 gigs of internal storage, a wide adjustable stand, plus improved speakers. There's a new dock too with a wide LAN port. Huzzah! Uh, white and neon red slash blue controllers will be available. Officially, it's called the Nintendo Switch OLED model console. It costs $539 Australian or $350 USD. Uh, the screen remains at 1280 by 720p resolution, though it is now 7 inches, up from this base Switch's model's 6.2 inches. Battery life remains listed as, in quotes, 4.5 to 9 hours, depending on usage, which is the same as the base model switch. In terms of size, the new model measures 102mm by 242mm by 13.9 with Joy-Con attached, compared to the ever so slightly thinner 102 by 239 by 13.9 original version. Finally, the OLED model weighs in at 320 grams or 420 with Joy-Cons attached. That compares to 297 or 398 with Joy-Cons attached for the original Switch model. In March this year, the new model was reported by Bloomberg to feature a 7-inch 780p OLED screen and output at up to 4K when connected to a TV. Clearly, that 4K bump has not materialized. Speaking to Nintendo this week, The Verge confirmed the OLED model does not have a new CPU or more RAM. Hmm. So... This thing, I was very underwhelmed. Very like a screen, 0.8 inches of a bigger screen. Yeah, okay. OLED's nice because you're going to get obviously your your brights are going to be brighter, your dark's going to be darker. OLED does the best uh, high contrast and and HDR or WDR uh, comparisons with your blacks and your whites. But outside of that and the fact they've gone away from a flimsy kickstand to now this big chonky stand that will support the switch and not feel like it's going to snap cool okay <laughs> righto what do you think about this miss hardy are you in do you want one of these nintendo switch oled models oh uh, to be honest i didn't give a shit it was more fun reading <laughs> um twitter after the announcement and just seeing like people being like we were never promised anything i for one will be buying this blah 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 and then other people were like that's it that's all you guys gave us a new bigger screen or whatever and a like it was just enjoyable watching very very like different reactions i also enjoyed the people that saying this is a ripoff i can't believe i was excited about it i'm still going to buy it i appreciate that honesty yeah that's kind of me yeah i think i think i actually (laughs) witnessed you saying that on twitter somewhere in someone's (laughs) replies um also oled or oled Mm -hmm. um i i say oled uh that's just because like when lg first i guess brought this tech to the market with their tellies that was always on the marketing spiel as OLED um, from some of the adverts. Like OLED is probably the the correct term. Okay. Um, But um, it's fine. Like 
the, the, big, the biggest surprise to me is that there's no jump in the resolution. Like sure, the pixels are going to be brighter and darker and have more pop when you're playing. But the fact it's still 720p, like we've got consoles now running 4K, 60 FPS. And this thing's like, oh yeah, we'll give you 720p, baby. And we can scale that to 1080p if you plug it in on on, on the dock. Yeah. Which now has a, uh, you know... <laughs> hardwired hardwired network port like oh my god like it's it's so so bizarre but it's very nintendo that's the thing like when this came out i'm like it's what they do you know they're they're several years to the market or they're just like we're gonna make our own market you know we're gonna we're gonna blaze our own path and it's what they keep doing Uh, i i like the look of the the switch i like the black and the white i liked the the joy cons i thought the colors and the the stand itself, it looked really nice as well. Yeah. I thought, um, oh, the dock, I should say, if we want the technical term, but 540 bucks for this thing. Like, Jesus heckin' Christ. Yeah, but just like very small changes in already existing uh, handheld console. Um, like, I, like, I, like I said, I wasn't really disappointed because I think we had this conversation when there was the speculation of the newer um, Switch being released, and I think that's when like that's when people mentioned the 4k i think even then i said you know what i'm happy with my switch so Mm. um i i had no intention of buying this anyway so i wasn't disappointed um i i saw someone mention like oh this is the change they make but they still can't fix uh drift in their joy cons Mm -hmm. um one of the biggest issues that they have um especially when it comes to also claiming that you're Joy-Con has an issue in them saying, no, it doesn't. Yep. Thanks, Nintendo. Uh, cost me, uh, cost me six, 50 bucks to get that fixed, but not fixed. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, no one's forcing people to buy this item. It's there. It's slight improvements. There's people that are really excited and are noting the benefits for them personally with these changes. So that's good. This was made for them. Um, we will see great sales of this console, I assume, because um, they wouldn't do it, I guess, without um, anticipating that people will buy it regardless of um, mm. bad press, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah. If you don't like it or you're not happy about this release, and guess what, don't buy it. Yeah, it's it's that simple. But um, I guess the the interesting things that are going to come out of this as well is, are they going to phase out the old standard um, switch skew over time, and it's just going to be the switch light, and then this you know switch OLED or OLED variant? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they still working on a switch Pro as as rumored with that 4K and I guess due to global component shortages, they couldn't get the necessary chips to maybe have that one out in time. So they went this direction as well because, yeah, manufacturing at the moment for any type of electronic technology is very tough. The lead times are multi-month type of situations. So maybe that's what forced them to pivot and went, we need something this year. We've got to keep our investors happy. Let's just go the Malibu Stacey route here and go... uh, It's got a new hat. It's got a new dock. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, like I love Nintendo. I love their product. I love love utilizing their equipment. But yeah, like it doesn't feel like it's a day one purchase. Like unless you're getting a mad trade-in on your original Switch and you can get this for, for pretty cheap, I'm not going to probably be rushing out and getting it day one. Like I've still got some some EB Games gift cards sitting there. So if I could combine that with a trade-in and get this thing for no extra cost almost, I'll do that. But otherwise... 
I don't play, like I don't play my Switch as it is. I've played it once in the last like 12 months and you know, I love my Switch, but I just find all my gaming's getting done elsewhere. Yeah, if it comes to portable gaming, I'm now reverting to my phone. I'm, with yeah. Apple Arcade, I'm actually getting some really, really good games um, available to me right on hand, so. Yeah, but you, you can put, you can, you know, bet the house on that when this drops on the 8th of October, there's going to be a Metroid Dread version with like the, the dock skinned in some Metroid colors and maybe the Switch Joy-Cons in a bit of a Metroid yeah. color palette as well. So uh, we'll see what they what they have bring out at the start of October there. But uh, yeah, the Nintendo Switch OLED or OLED model coming to you on 8th of October, 539 Australian, 350 USD. That's a lot of cabbage for uh, 0.8 inches of an extra screen and some improved audio but like and the audio that's that's secondary to me like audio matters yeah to a degree but like i didn't know i didn't feel the speakers were that bad on the switch to begin with i i noticed differences between handheld play and um then having it come through tv speakers yeah that's true that's true but yeah but we'll yeah. see better kickstand though <laughs> i i was always yeah in disbelief that my stand hadn't snapped on my switch because it's such a fiddly little thing it is it is a little fiddly now i've got that big chonky stand but anyway october 8th if you want to get on that oled hotness uh next little bit of news i've called this one assassin's greed nice because the franchise is moving towards a live service uh so there's been some some news doing the rounds obviously we saw jason schreier dropping some hotness on bloomberg on this regarding this this pivot but on the back of that now, Ubisoft have come out and had to uh, address this. So, so I've taken bits and pieces from Eurogamer here and then chucked some other wording in myself. So Ubisoft has now formally acknowledged Assassin's Creed Infinity and detailed more of how it will run and who will work on it. The lengthy, bog, uh, <laughs> lengthy blog post contains mention of two teams led by two creative directors, Clint Hocking, formerly of Splinter Cell and Watch Dogs Legion. He'll lead a team at Ubisoft Montreal. And Jonathan Dumont, a veteran of Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Odyssey, will lead a team at Ubisoft Quebec. The Infinity project that will include the games made by both these teams will be led by Marc Alexis Cotier, who will now serve as executive producer of the entire Assassin's Creed franchise. Cotier worked on Brotherhood before becoming creative director on Syndicate and is one of the most senior staff at Ubisoft Quebec. Cotier will be also aided by the franchise's long-serving brand director Etienne Alanier from Montreal and Valhalla producer Julien Lafreniere from Quebec. So what will Assassin's Creed Infinity look like? Details of the live service are thin on the ground, but the series' last few installments may uh, may offer some clues. Origins added weekly challenges to the franchise, while the well-received Odyssey expanded its adventure with monthly releases of new story episodes. Recently, Ubisoft confirmed Valhalla will become the first game in the franchise to offer a second year of post-launch expansions after becoming the first game in the series to offer a broad variety of different countries. Infinity as is described as a platform that ties games set in different time periods together. It feels like it could act as a central hub that changes over time and adds new time periods to explore as games are expanded and new titles are released. So, Miss Hart, there has been some internet discourse on the back of this where oh. they've said Ubisoft is going to pivot with this franchise, Assassin's Creed, to a live service, to a games as service model where there's going to be one singular uh, like singular major purchase and then with future expansions and, and add-ons that you can buy along the way. So thinking at it, at, of uh, like, like looking at this, uh, looking at this, sorry, 
I am not against this idea. I actually think it's probably smart. Like if they could release more focused, more uh, concentrated content that like, you know, Valhalla, phenomenal game, but you're looking at 100 to 200 hours worth of game mm-hmm. time, depending on what you're into. And that can be a lot to, to chew for some people. So if they made these smaller entries, maybe 50 hours a pop, drop one of these every six to 12 months to keep people interested and expand the lore and, and build out the the story and, and um, you know, just play more into these various locales from certain time periods. I think that could be really fun. It'll keep people coming back to the franchise or keep them embedded with this IP and keep them loving the Assassin's Creed life and just have that on as their regular go-to for potentially years on years as opposed to just once every couple of years when a new game drops. I actually agree with you. Like for the most part for me, I'm not in for a long haul kind of game and hearing about everyone's experiences of the multiple, multiple hours played in like the most recent Assassin's Creed um, games that they've released i don't have that time i also don't have that attention span to you know continue playing a game like that so if, if we have a base game and then they release these like different time periods or isolated um historical events that you can then decide if you're going to buy that i guess dlc um obviously if base ga- base game is one purchase and then you would have to purchase additional content it would be an affordability thing. If you if that additional content could not be full price, I would assume. Like you you yeah. you couldn't do that. You couldn't ask for the same prices like base game or how much they've been asking for games in general. Um I like that this gives me or gives them, sorry, the opportunity of maybe re releasing some of the old games. Let's just say Assassin's Creed two, the best game. Um and I would I would enjoy that. I would buy that instantly and replay that on the new consoles and see that experience again but um with a higher (laughs) graphic fidelity than what we had but um i i i don't see too much of a problem it's it's gonna obviously come to more fruition when they actually do start releasing price points and showing exactly how they're planning it out because yeah like I don't have the attention span for long games, but I don't think I'd be dropping money with every DLC release that they had. Mm. So pick and choose. I get you. And, and that's, that's a very, very interesting point you brought up there regarding it, it allows them to potentially go back and remaster uh, original games from, from the franchise and bring them into this this living infinity world where you could jump back and play as Ezio and things like that Mm. in in that period and then jump into other characters and I'd I'd say the model you know obviously went went on the board we don't know what's happening but if we're just going to sort of uh hypothesize and speculate yeah speculate a little bit uh I might follow like a like what Destiny are doing these days or Bungie doing with Destiny 2 where yeah you can buy the base game but then they've got these major uh, DLC releases that that bring in new expansions and new content. So you might you can you purchase the base game once at price X, and then for future it might be, let's say thirty or forty bucks, fifty bucks. Well, I don't know whatever whatever the price point's going to be, but yeah, it's going to be at a a lower lower um, you know price of entry to get this expansion where you're going to to China or to somewhere in Europe or Africa or wherever you know mm. wherever they're taking this game next. So um, I like the idea. I like that they're it just shows that they're dedicated to to this world and this IP instead of just making this game and 
dropping it and then bringing another one out every few years. Like it's confirmed that Valhalla is the first game in the Assassin's Creed uh, history where they're, they've, they've got content planned two years post-launch. So they're, they're starting to, I guess, test the waters with Valhalla. And then on the back of this, maybe late next year, late 2022, or maybe even into 2023, we might see this Infinity platform and what it's going to do uh, drop because uh, we've still got at least 12 months or so worth of Valhalla content coming. And then maybe they might just bookend that into Infinity next year. Yeah, but I, I think it's I think it sounds fine. It's it's smart. And just as long as the content doesn't get watered down and the expansions or these add-ons are nothing more than little little mini games and boring fetch quests like that, it needs to have the same amount of love and care that we've got from all this content that's dropped for uh, Valhalla. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Destiny, I uh, I would hope that if you're going down the route, it doesn't necessarily um, like block you from anything by saying, oh, because you don't own this, then you don't get to experience this for some reason. Like it's hard to kind of explain it, especially with what we're speculating with how we think this is going to be. But I, I don't really like um, locking people out of things because maybe they can't afford it or whatever. So um, That's I, true. I would appreciate if these additions that you could pick up a further down the line are just more like little tight knit boxes of their own content and you don't miss out on anything else additional. So, mm. But I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm very interested in this and I think it's a smart idea. Like there was a lot of negative spin on social media about this people were like oh this is going to ruin the franchise and this is just a cash grab and whatever and i'm like it's if anything it could save the gamer more money long term and keep them in this ecosystem long term as well i think it's smart play like as long as the content justifies the price point and doesn't water down this great narrative that they're building out of this franchise uh, I, I think it's nothing but positive moving forward there with with what ubisoft are trying to do and i'm i'm keen yeah i'm excited yeah i think it's also probably a good um like it is probably a good money move for them because they you know throw a lot of time and hard work into these um games which they do release pretty regularly mind you um i like maybe they're just finding that the payoff to doing these long extensive games um it's it's just it's not adding up for them which sucks but you know you got to make the right choice Mm -hmm. that's it it's it's business at the end of the day you know ubisoft Mm. need to be profitable and if if splitting the workload across a couple of studios and doing more focused releases and they can sort of just piggyback off one another and then jump into the next piece cool i'm down Mm. take my money ubisoft i'll be buying it day one love me some assassin's creed yeah all right, and the last bit of news we're bringing to the table today miss hart i thought we'd sort of recap sony's latest state of play so uh, we had a state of play that took place uh, yesterday. So we're talking uh, Friday morning for Australians and Thursday evening for the majority of the rest of the world and uh, featured a smattering of updates on already announced games plus some new reveals. Uh, we got 11 games in total highlighted in this 30-ish minute slice. Some of them were nothing more than a trailer here or there. Uh, I don't think, like I've grabbed some some words from IGN and it is a bit of a deeper dive, but maybe... Instead of going through all these games one after the other, um, maybe we can just sort of bring bring to the table some of the things we thought stood out, or I could I could rattle off rattle off the game title, and if we got some, something to add to it, cool. If not, we can just move move forward. Yeah, I just you caught me off guard then when you said that they had eleven games, and I'm like, did they? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it, it felt a little that way. No disrespect to the to the games and the, the studios involved in this little event. So it started with uh, Moss Book 2. So the sequel, uh, which is going to debut on the PlayStation VR, is the, the second entry into the Moss franchise where you play as this adorable little mouse mm-hmm. running around. Um, it's it's really pretty and and in VR I've I've played it a little bit and I enjoyed my time with it so we get a, we get a follow on from the original Moss um, I thought it looked nice looked fine it looks gives cute. an excuse to get the VR back out if you're into that kind of thing I'm pretty certain the original game of Moss um, was just a normal adventure game so it seems pretty interesting to make the second installment ex- was it exclusively VR um it, it's gonna debut in vr and i think i can't remember with the first i played moss in vr the first one mm. but i can't remember if it released in vr first or that sort of followed after non-vr mm. release but mm. um okay it's it's nice to see they're they're giving their vr platform a little bit of love yeah and moss is cute it's adorable really cute really cute uh the next one i'm not too sure how to feel about this it's called arcade again and um, early access, it actually started yesterday. Full launch of the game is going to be in 2022. So you can jump on PlayStation and play this right now. It's a multiplayer shooter that can be played solo or in four-player co-op. It has a bit of Fortnite-y vibe to it with some action, but like this did not move the needle for me. The, whether it be the the characters, the combat, the movement, it just looked a little clunky. Yeah, like they were showing like all these different, different characters but to me they all look the same except for one that was obviously a bit larger in size and one that had longer hair um for the most part there was like no real individuality in character design that i took um and yeah just watching gameplay i'm like this isn't really appealing to me unfortunately Mm. so kind of drifted off hopefully there's a market for for somebody out there to to get into arcade again and yeah it's it's out right now if you want to get in on that early access uh, the, the next game that they highlighted, Tribes of Midgard, which obviously we've jokingly sort of said is the isometric Valheim mm. as far as the, the camera angle goes. Uh, so they, they highlighted some post-launch details showcasing the Wolf Saga season and introduced also a new rune system. There'll also be special Saga quests and season-exclusive items. So there's yeah, obviously going to be a season pass attached to that. <laughs> Cash money, Ubisoft. But uh, it's set to release on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 on July 27th. Mm. So we were half right because um, I believe the Saga Quest element, was it the Saga Quest element? There's there's two different ways that you can play this game and one of them is very Valheim. It's build a base, you know, share the base with um, a, a group and create your own little clan, a little flock. Um, and yeah, that, that definitely was very Valheim. But then there was like another one that kind of felt a bit more, I guess, Diablo- kind of just running around and killing creatures and leveling up your character and building up your character's, you know, tree. So, or rune, Mm -hmm. I guess. Looked interesting. Looked interesting. And it's another one, I think to me, I'd have to play that with friends. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd want to play that by myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that you can get the... That the, your your fellow Viking brethren they can be AI controlled and you so you can still roll around with some in, like computer based characters but I'd want to play with friends yeah, so we'll I see. agree but out this out this month which is kind of cool uh, we also had Mantisco announced during the stream that Hunters Arena uh, Hunters Arena Legends a game that combines RPG MOBA and many other genres I don't know what that means it's going to be coming to the PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five it's also out in July. And it features both PvE and PvP as well as two Battle Royale modes. Um, 
from an artistic standpoint, it looked pretty. The character the models were cool. Demons looked amazing. They yeah. looked gorgeous. But um, yeah. But did the game move the needle for you? Were you interested in playing a Hunters Arena Legends, Miss Hart? I thought it was like lol. Like League of Legends. At first I thought, I'm like, ooh, someone's trying to, you know, do League of Legends. Then I saw that, like, what the gameplay was. Then they added extra things. And then I was confused. And then I think I understood in the end uh, what they were trying to be. So I, I gave them points for doing Battle Royale, but adding something different to it, relatively different to it. Um I'm not sure. There's, there's a part of me that is just so intrigued by this whole concept of you being hunters and killing these demons um, and the overall like design concept and you can change how your character looks and some of those looked great as well. Uh, I may look into this one because I'm, okay. I'm, I'm intrigued enough, I think, with this one. Mm. Aesthetically, it looked gorgeous and the combat looked crazy. Some of the combos they were doing with these martial arts weapons was just, they were flying across the screen. Hair physics wasn't bad either. Mm. And, and then some of the ridiculous skins. I like it was like grounded in this like traditional martial arts and then there was a dude like in his in his neon going to the beach outfit or a panda mask or something like yeah. that. Like it was a good contrast. Yeah. So I, I may, I may look in this one. Yeah, we also got uh, some Fist Forged in Shadow Torch uh, highlighted, which is a 2D Metroidvania starring a rabbit on the run from various machines. Uh, it's going to be dropping on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC on September the 7th. Looked interesting. Yeah, I got like Abe's Odyssey vibes. Yes, yes, that's what I had in, in my notes as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but like, I liked the character design, but there was a lot of moments in the trailer where it was just too frantic for me. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. So I'm like, I don't I don't know if this one will be for me. It looks a bit chaotic. For for any friend uh, any people that are fans of furries, it is certainly a game for you because Everyone there was animals horny everywhere. For a bloody character in that like five seconds in that trailer and everyone got horny yeah. for it. Calm down, yep. people. So uh, all the furry fans out there will probably be picking up a copy of Fist in uh, <laughs> September on the seventh. Sifu, we also got another trailer for Sifu. Sadly, the game has been delayed to early 2022, mm. just citing COVID. But uh, one thing I thought was cool with this trailer, it showed how you age as you get defeated. Yeah. So when actually you, you die or you go down in combat playing Sifu, you get older and then you move a little slower, you're not as strong, stuff like that. It's kind of cool. It's, it's yeah. a bit of a fresh mechanic. Yeah, I, I like it. I, th I think the style looks really cool and it seems like the overall like just brawling combat kind of kung fu vibe that's attached to it is really cool. And yeah, the aging thing was, it feels relatively new. I don't think I've really ever experienced that in the game too much. So um, yeah, I, I like this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. The next one I was not involved or interested in at all. Uh, Jet, the far shore. Mm. Uh, they gave us a, a look at this. This is done by a small independent team called Super Brothers. Uh, it resembles No Man's Sky in some ways. You got sci-fi exploration both on foot and via spaceship. But No Man's Sky does this better. So I don't know where this game's going to be able to stand and succeed. But uh, yeah, it's coming later this year on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Mm. just just not for me no like i i think i did out of the lines of like i can play this in no man's sky as the trailer was going on um i think they're going down for a more like story angle um story driven angle with this game so maybe that's what they're hoping will um 
latch onto some people, but for me personally, the elements of them talking about space exploration and studying space and finding new like new planets and such, I'm just like, no, I have that no man's sky and they've been really mm. nailing that right now. So Yeah, but we wish Jet the Far Shore all the success. Ooh. Hopefully it does well when it drops later this year. Uh the next game they highlighted, we got an extended look at Demon Slayer. It's dropping on October the 15th on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S slash X. Uh, it is a video game adaptation of the anime. And uh, we're, we're seeing episodes of this game play out directly from the anime itself. So some of the some of the fights and some of the, the enemies you're fighting are ripped directly from the, the manga or the anime um, screen. And uh, I'm excited. Like, does the game look super smooth and fantastic? No. <laughs> But I love Demon Slayer, so I am... I mean, I got my blinders on on this one just because I love this franchise. It almost looks like a PlayStation 3 game. Um, it, yeah. I laughed because watching the trailer, I'm like, did someone just like go through the anime, grab a bunch of sound bites, and then as the trailer was playing, they just pressed random buttons because like all these like voice lines just not matching what was going on and just... Oh, I... If there was a way to stop me from watching an anime, that was it. But I, uh, I, I will still watch it. Everyone really likes it, so I will give it time. I'm trying yeah, to catch up I'm, on I'm, My I'm Hero at the moment. So, hey, yeah, I've been, I've been cracking back into My Hero. Uh, last night, I, I jumped back in because I, I fell, I fell away from it in season three. So I've jumped back in and trying to catch up. So I've, yeah, uh, yeah set up, signed up onto our Anime Lab again, and I was smashing through that last night as I was on the couch in my deathbed. It's on Hulu over here, so I'm lucky. Oh, nice, 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 nice. But yeah, we got a extended look at Demon Slayer. The game, it doesn't look the best, but I'm still wanting to play it because I just really like that franchise. <laughs> Am I silly for saying that? Yeah, maybe. Uh, we also got to see um, some of the, the new uh, Sega game coming out called Lost Judgment. It's the sequel to its Yakuza spinoff featuring a private detective. It looks funky as hell. Oh, um, it- I've never been debated so much in my life. When it started, I got so excited. I'm like, don't tell me the team from Yakuza is going to do like a dark, like, uh, sorry, a heavy rain kind of like solve a crime kind of thing. And I was getting so excited. And then I saw the character. I'm like, wait, I don't think that's what this. And then he was dancing. Then he was like in a race. I'm like, yeah, this isn't the game that I thought it was going to be. It looks cool, but I kind of like hyped myself up a bit too much. So. Yeah, the, the the tone shifted very quickly. It went from yeah, gritty gritty Japanese crime crime, yeah. crime show where you are using like working out clues and doing like detective vision and whatever to mm-hmm. to solve crimes and then all of a sudden you're in a DDR you're battle with somebody. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And like you're sending a little little robot in to kick the crap out of people. You got a doggo in there mm. biting and carrying on like so it toes the line between straight and narrow and then utter insanity just like yakuza especially they did with like a dragon most recently but it looks gorgeous like the character models there was parts where yeah i I think so there was a couple of characters that came onto the screen and at the time when they popped i couldn't tell if it was like a real person or a cutscene for a split second and yeah, I thought the character models, they looked really good. In, maybe in the cinematics, but for the most part, whenever it showed gameplay, there was just so many times where I'm like, I still feel like they're just reusing Yakuza assets. Like, 
nothing's really polished up much in game. And I understand because Yakuza is a massive game, but like, like there was like just the initial like in game kind of scene that they showed, and I'm just like, I've seen these assets in the you know office environment a bunch of times now. So, like, I understand it's an affordable way, but I'm just like, oh. Mm. I think it kind of cheapens it a little. Work smarter, not harder, they say it's over true. at Sega. They just go, hey, let's let's churn these assets out. But um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to play as this private eye and uh, see what kind of crazy hijinks you get up to mm. because clearly it is not just you're going to be playing SVU. That's for damn sure. It's like SVU meets Knockout or something, <laughs> you know, or. What's that? What's that other sh- wipeout? That's the other show I was thinking of. No, you. Like I think insanity. you're right. Uh, it's a knockout. Like it's a knockout. That was the Aussie one, yeah. wasn't it? Well, actually, I think they had it in America and England as well. But yes, we had okay. we had it in Australia, and it's a, yeah. They did bring it back, and it was horrible. But it's a knockout. That's, that's the, name. the name of the game. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. All right, then we got some uh, some more goddamn death stranding. Uh, so they they sort of focused on the director's cuts coming out. Obviously, September twenty fourth is when it's dropping. Uh, revealed a host of new content that's coming in the director's cut, which included new battles and advanced combat me- uh, combat mechanics, as well as items such as a firing range, cargo catapult, new story missions, and a racing mode. <laughs> Miss Hart, I could not give two rats asses about this. I like the robot legs. Yeah, that was interesting, but like. Like, I I don't know what to say about this. Like, Death Stranding, I had I had a fine time playing this game, but I have no incentive to to pay to upgrade my version to the director's cut and get this new action and go back as Norman Reedus and and do more do more uh, you know package delivery esque things. Like, <laughs> cool man, not for me. For you, you in? Oh no, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Definitely not. I think that's attracting me to this game not so well. Apart from robot yeah. legs. Definitely yeah. not yeah. racing. Def- yeah, that was so weird, but like very on brand too. Like it, it didn't, like it surprised me for a second. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Kojima. I guess it didn't feel surprised. so weird after watching um, the Judgment Games trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Going true. from seriousness to crazy. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's the vibe. Yeah, it is a vibe. And then the uh, the the Sony state of play, it ended with an extended look at Deathloop. So we got about nine and a half-ish minutes of gameplay. And we also had uh, one of the studio heads from Arcane sort of commentating over the top of it at times, just explaining what's happening and what you can do. Uh, I, I love the vibe of Deathloop. Like this 1960s supernatural hitman vibe that they've got going on. Um it just oozes polish and coolness, and I, I can't wait for this game to come out on September the fourteenth. Did this? Uh, did this extended look? I know, even though we've probably seen all this in in different trailers over the last twelve months, but did this get you excited? Mm. Are you you keen for Deathloop come September? It was interesting seeing the super like supernatural elements to it, but I felt like I was being told everything that I already knew about the game, and I'm I don't want to get game fatigue. I like every time they release these kind of things, I start like I start getting like I don't know, like like I lose my hype. Like this is kind of like what happened with um oh I've forgotten the game Gearbox Borderlands. Thank you. Where I just it kept on getting like pushed and fed to me and everything, and I understand it's a 
like it's a publicity thing it's keeping people it keeping the game in the forefront and the minds of uh, players so they don't forget about it before it's released especially considering it's been pushed so many times but I feel like if I just get hit with it so much I just start to just get like fine like it's kind of like when you watch those movie trailers and the movie trailer goes for a long time and then you kind of sit there and you go you know what I kind of got the experience already like I get it I I don't need to see the movie and I feel like that's what happens with me with these games where I'm like you already had me sold like just please stop force feeding it down my throat or else I will start getting sick of it before I even get to play it (laughs) yeah and and that's a that's a shame when it gets like that too because I was I'm like you mentioned Borderlands I felt the exact same way like Borderlands 3 when it dropped I had zero anticipation to play this game I did didn't really enjoy my time with it and maybe a lot of that was also on the back of just this marketing campaign that was just belting me over the head no matter where I turned for months leading up to the game. So that hasn't set in yet for me on Deathloop. I'm still keen as a bean I'm and still can't keen. wait to play it. I'm still keen, but I just don't want it to get like that. It's it's just so slick. And Ar- Arcane, they've got such a cool, distinctive art style and tone to their games where mm-hmm. they've just it's just got this like swagger to them yeah. their games yeah. and um you can see that in in death loop and just the the diverse way to to go about killing these eight targets on this island the weapons that you've got the abilities that you've got in con- in conjunction with that and then where they mentioned that um the other rival assassin which is one of the eight targets you've got to take down when they enter your game to try and hunt you down mm-hmm. which can be ai or it can be another real player yep so you can get taken down like I can come and hunt you or vice versa mm-hmm. where we're trying to finish this game. I think that's such a cool little dynamic, cool little mechanic that they've brought into this game that could really mix up the gameplay and lead to some really cool moments. Yeah, I think it's definitely I, the, the element that I really like about this game is also not only like that if you get shot, like there's I believe they said that there was elements of like cause and effect. So if something in your loop, you did something in particular, even though you died, it can actually change the overall outcome. Like you won't get the same experience because of something done. Like, so I I always like it when they add that kind of twist into a game. So yeah, looks super cool. And I can't wait to play this in September. But that brings us to the end of the news. Maybe let's jump over to this tweet of the week. And we got two tweets here. Uh, we're looking at one from Xbox and one from Sony. And the first one that we got uh, from at Sony, uh, it was it was a 30-second video highlighting the PlayStation and the, the Twitter uh, post read, Shared adventures, forged bonds, life's best memories are ones created together. And then um, on the back of that, a ton of uh, social media savants picked apart this trailer and realized that the Sony ad had the PlayStation 5 console upside down in the video. Mm. Uh, Sony have since swiftly removed this tweet <laughs> and this marketing stuff. It is purged from the internet, but uh, found that very hilarious. And then the next one, Xbox, i got to say, they've been on fire this week yes. with their social media <laughs> posts. Uh, we're not even highlighting the awful one boy band uh, uh, targeting uh, Game Pass and some of the other stuff they do. But this is from at Xbox Game Pass. And uh, the tweet reads, look at this photograph. It's one of your cloud gaming ads. Do you see what's in those hands? It's a controller from a different brand. So that's uh, <laughs> in the in the tune of Nickelback there. Mm. So yeah, he is playing Sea of Thieves using a PlayStation controller on xCloud. And it is just... 
chef's kiss marketing perfection, bringing in Sony, Xbox, and Nickelback into the one tweet. I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, like you said, uh, Xbox uh, have got a team, like, they've been hitting, like, home runs. Um, the boy band music video was completely unexpected, um, but it was done extremely well. And the fact that they, like... As I watched this and I, I was loving it, I was loving watching the music video, I'm like, there is such a strong percentage of kids out there that have no freaking idea, like, who this band is, what the original song was, how clever this is, like, ah. Oh. And then they were sending out, like, PR boxes out to um, big content creators and they got, like, a physical disc copy of it as well, so. Uh, but it's it's nice thing, um uh like big corporations or big companies being a little bit like aware and like tongue-in-cheek and you know good to like kind of let their hair down a bit and not be so serious and delete something when people figure out that the marketing team didn't do so well in uh, displaying a console um yeah but I, I i think we've actually been pretty spoiled this week with um xbox leading the way on how social marketing can be done absolutely killing the game there over at xbox uh and yeah in comparison to that uh that bungled <laughs> twitter post from sony with the upside down playstation 5 oh god what a time to be alive miss hart and god the internet are a mean bunch like the second they noticed this they were just at them they were ripping sony to shreds and it's yeah i think it's because you sony would have spent so much money to get that trailer done it was a professionally shot little you know 30 second advertisement a lot of money would have gone into it uh, to produce it and just that entire time no one was around to say that's upside down mm. like there's there's actually someone's job like yeah to, yeah but either way yeah very very poorly poorly assessed that trailer who was signing off on that in the marketing department and yeah missing the product that you're featuring in this video and seeing that it's upside down is yeah oh, oh boy hopefully no one got fired for that but I, I assume someone got in some big trouble yeah just a little bit mm, what a time to be alive miss hart we're getting nickelback crossovers with xbox this is the this is the best timeline <laughs> it's the dark timeline new releases and events all right as far as content dropping this week, uh, obviously, if you listen to us right now on Monday, the 12th of July, this is the 249th episode of The Hungry Gamers. Uh, outside of that, we don't have a ton of 8-bit related content dropping this week. We will have, and is this thing on, dropping over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit for those Kofi subscribers or uh, Kofi supporters. Uh, so that will be dropping this week as well. But outside of that, we're just looking at the broader lens as far as content you consume. So we've got the Loki finale. So the season one finale, the sixth episode of the the Loki Disney Plus series. Uh, have you watched the fifth episode yep. from this past week? Yep. Probably, Did you like probably it? the best episode um, in the whole series. It was so, so good. And I'm so happy you said that too, because I, I watched that. I didn't watch it on Wednesday. I actually watched it yesterday in my hungover state again, but... I adored this episode and just some of the things that they discussed and the Easter eggs and mm. it was just so well done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all aboard on the uh, the Loki and Sylvie uh, characters. I'm, I'm big fans oh, I'm of both not. of those characters. <laughs> I'm not. You're not? No. <gasps> no. They, they have no, like, no. I, I, they're the two characters that I'm kind of like, whenever they're on the screen, I kind of like, 
pull up my phone a bit. Uh, but th- oh, that episode oh. was full of fantastic actors, great characters, and like you said, a lot of Easter egg and Loki lore and stuff. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of there's a lot of little elements in there. I do recommend if you're a bit of um, if you if you are enjoying the series and you like a lot of like Easter egg stuff, there's a few uh, YouTube channels out there that kind of go through a lot of the Easter eggs. I think IGN mm-hmm. might do a, a something that they call what is it like something fodder, where um, they go through and point out Easter eggs and references and such. So it's a lot of fun. It really was. It was a great episode, and and it's it's been a slow burn this season, but. I'm hoping that they can keep this momentum up with the final episode in in this season, the sixth episode. Hopefully, it, it lands on a on a big on a big note. I have, I have a feeling with like sort of what they're alluded to in that fifth episode. I'm excited to where this could go. So I'm just going to see if they they go that way or if they're going to pivot and completely throw us for a loop. But I cannot wait to watch that on Wednesday, uh, on Friday. Fear Street Part Three, 1666 drops. Uh, so part two dropped uh, overnight. So it is out on Netflix right now if you want to check that out. And then as far as games coming out this week, uh, Curve Space, which is on uh, the Nintendo Switch July the 13th, Where the Heart Leads, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on the 13th, Lost at Sea July the 15th on PlayStation, Xbox and PC, F1 2021 dropping on all the platforms by the Nintendo Switch on the 16th of July, Observer Systems Redux mm. dropping on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on the 16th, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I think this is might be a, a typo because I downloaded this the other day. So Space Jam, A New, New Legacy, even though it says it's the 16th, it is available right now. I downloaded it for free uh, because there's no way in hell I'm paying for this game. It uh, looks interesting, but I'm going to give it a spin <laughs> between now and next episode just to see what it's like. And then uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD drops on the Switch on July the 16th as well. So a couple of good games in there. A couple of, couple of re-releases mm. on uh, on new platforms to uh, sink your teeth into. Yeah. I'm just going to look into this Observer because it says Observer re- System Reader. So I'm like, is this more content or is it just for the consoles? I think it's just for the consoles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't need to get to it because I know you're a big fan of Observer. Yeah, I really liked it. Hmm. <laughs> Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of episode 249 of THG. Anything you want to say or highlight before we shut down this bad boy for a, well, not going to be another week. Mm. It's going to be a little longer because uh, we're taking a little mini break in between bringing you episode 250. So listeners, you got ideas, you got feedback, anything you'd like to see for episode 250, hit us up on them socials at we're8bit, at brendan8bit or at Miss Ali Hart. Or drop us an email, hello at 8bit.net, if you want to send us something in a little bit more long form above those 200-ish characters that you capped on them Twitters. So uh, do that because we're still building out episode 250 and we would love to take any any thoughts, advice, mm. opinions, requests. We'll try and make it all happen. Yeah. Yeah, that essentially it. Yeah, like we obviously want to take in as many ideas as we can and how many we can actually achieve um because i know there's a few ideas and concepts out there that people would like and it's kind of a little tiny bit hard to navigate but um we want to try our best to nail all the ones that are being put forward so keep on recommending them um uh we'll put out a question also on instagram so um and twitter so you can also reply there with some ideas so sounds good but uh anything else you want to say miss hart oh yeah we're pretty good we'll close this down let's close this bad boy down let's do it All right, 8-Bit Nation, thanks again for stopping on by, listening and showing us all the love. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. 
You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Do you also like, um, from like a fish and chip shop, do you like the little deep fried mini dim sims? No. You know, the ones that are super I... fried and then just covered in salt? No, no, I don't really <gasps> eat those. They're so good. <laughs>